Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This season, we'll be covering all things wealth, from owning it to maximizing it. For further information, or if you'd like help accelerating your wealth directly, please do contact us. Head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk. Welcome to today's show. I'm going to be speaking to Joanna Hunter, which I'm really looking forward to. Her story is quite incredible. Joanna Hunter is a spiritual life and business coach, a lifelong psychic and medium, and the creator of My Million Dollar Experiment, which is the world's largest metaphysical mindset and intuition experiment. She's also the author of best-selling book, Get Selfish, The Way Is Through, and is currently studying a doctorate in metaphysical science. Hmm, I hope I said that right. <laughs> she has built a six and five figure five six figure businesses I'm sorry and currently scaling her business to seven figures and her website is joannahunter.com so let's get chatting to her. After a few days of laying in hospital I had a huge epiphany and the epiphany that I had was that this was the most time off that I'd ever had in the last seven years and that if what had got me here was radical, I had was really, ex, you know, extreme self abuse is what had got me here. And whereas other people, it's much easier to, you know, understand self abuse in the realms of alcoholism or drug taking or, you know, that affects some entrepreneurs and things like that. My drug of choice was actually work. I have heard that for a lot of high level entrepreneurs, and I, and I can bit resonate with it as well because it, it's it's not a hobby that's the right way wrong way of putting it but it's you, you love it so much it's like it is often it's like your baby you spend time Absolutely. you've nurtured it you put so much love My and heart and soul. Into it. exactly um it's only i think it's only really natural that and if you have a tendency to be driven want to achieve great things but i think what we can learn and and I know that I've had to adjust this myself at at one point where I was working so hard but I wasn't really financially getting the reward that I wanted for the effort that I was putting Mm. in um I had to say enough's enough and thank you know thankfully I wasn't poorly through it but I do have moments now where I have to still check myself Mm. um, and I have to have certain rituals that I have very strong boundaries with so that I don't work past a certain time in the evening because it affects my next day it affects my focus yeah. I have a thyroid issue so um, I know that if I don't take my medication and, and at certain periods of the month then I, that can really affect me and I have to be very aware and and that's not necessarily something that we're we're attuned to because there's a lot of noise going on in our heads there's a lot of things yeah. going on in our minds even me going to the chiropractor I book a chiropractor appointment I go re- religiously even if I don't think I need it because when I'm walking into the, the actual chiropractor I'm going actually I'm a little bit off but I never noticed it before it's only because you're there in the place it's a bit like when you go for yeah. a spa, oh I really needed that it's putting these rituals in place um yes. I think we, uh, yeah. you know what you obviously went through I think is you know it's it's terrible it got to to that stage but I think it could happen to many of us um oh definitely easy. definitely I mean I had an extreme burnout but I I feel like in a way it was part of my purpose and part of you know, it was something that I feel now I can see it very much like so many of the people that I served have 
already suffered a burnout. And one of the things that I think is, you know, uplifting with my story is that there is life after burnout. And not only that, I went on to build my fifth six figure a year business afterwards, but in a completely different energy, completely different energy. I now have a saying, I used to be very proud of my hustle back then. And I used to think anybody that didn't hustle in life, they're a bit of a loser. And I don't feel that way at all. <laughs> and what the way that I feel now is that, um, you know, I say to people that hustle is for people who don't know how to flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you learn how to flow with life, things get easier, things get simpler. So, yeah, to Amazing. move on from that story, I, I actually signed myself out of the hospital because the doctor had said I wouldn't leave. And I need and the doctor also said I would die. So I needed the doctor to be wrong. And I thought as soon as I could walk through that front door, game over for the doctor, because he would be wrong. And if he can be wrong about that, he can be wrong about me dying. And I needed him to be wrong about me dying. So I am much to the absolute. I mean, I thought the nurse was going to have a kitten um, and they were begging me to stay. But I was like, no, my mind was made up and nobody was going to change it. And I signed myself out of hospital and, uh, and it was, um, and you know, it was tough in the early days of doing that because I was still very, very ill and they couldn't do anything for me other than send me with pain medication. Um, and so then it just became a slow journey, but I, I just coming home from that first day, I was very kind of out of it, but I got my journal out and I wrote in my journal that what I had part of my epiphany because I wanted to record it and write it down Mm -hmm. and in that moment I wrote that you know I realized that extreme self-abuse had got me there Mm -hmm. and the only thing that was going to get me out of it was going to be learning the art of extreme self-care and I had no idea what the art of extreme self-care even looked like I I mean beyond a massage what does that look like and it started this incredible journey that I call my get selfish journey of really learning to get myself yeah so it's one of my books it's called get selfish the way is through and it was my healing journey of how I began healing and it was really a journey back to self-love Because as I went on that journey, what I realized was that the only reason I worked in the way that I had worked was a lack of self-love. Yeah. It was literally like my work had become this cruel and unusual punishment for myself. And even though my heart and my soul went into it, it wasn't fulfilling. There was no fulfillment, um, you know, no spiritual fulfillment. There was plenty of financial fulfillment. But as soon as the money came in, it seemed to have this uncanny way of leaving just as fast um and true fulfillment is yeah it's being fulfilled Mm. so that was my so when I had that moment where I said enough's enough what I'd been doing up to that point is I'd been writing books I'd been doing TEDx talks I was speaking at every single event I was doing so much I was doing and doing and doing and doing mm. and it just it just wasn't quite it was okay but it weren't for the amount of effort and I just said to myself you know I, I'm not positioning myself right I'm I, and why am I do, why am I doing this really and I realized that once I stepped back from it and I took a bit of time out from it I realized that I was making myself do it not to prove to, to anybody else that I could but it was actually to prove to myself that I could 
because it was mm. you know, when I was at school I, I didn't have an awful lot of encouragement I, I didn't go to university I had to mm. you know to get to where I was I worked really hard shouldn't use that word but I did that absolutely I did the same work hard to get somewhere um and so I felt that I had to work hard um to achieve the objectives that I wanted to achieve to prove to myself that I could be more than what they told me I could be yeah Um, I think that was a big driver for me as well it's a funny psychological little little voice in our heads isn't it it is it is and I'm glad that uh, you know in a way it sounds you know weird to say that you're glad that your your body broke down around you but for me you know would I want to go through it again absolutely not I mean you would have to be insane to want to go through that again but you know the changes it brought into my life and it it literally forced me to pivot my life Um, there was no way I could go back to working in the way that I had worked and I had to I had to literally I mean my entire life was smashed to pieces in that instant and I had to rebuild everything I had to rebuild who like because I had I probably like you as well I had so much my sense of self wrapped up into the business of who I that was like part of the fabric of who I was and then suddenly I just couldn't be that person anymore that label's gone that that sort of yeah I couldn't be her anymore and I needed to redefine who I was I needed to redefine what I was about um I needed that must to have find been scary financially that must have been quite you know because oh, I was a shock a lot of people walk you know when it's women walking away from relationships or walking away from jobs there's a real you know you want that financial stability you want that sort of comfort blanket because actually yeah. without it it feels even worse and even scarier well we had no comfort blanket we were not savers we nothing so we went from earning multiple six figures a year um to living on welfare and my husband becoming my care wow and um and you know the aftermath of of my multiple organ failure was five abdominal surgeries followed by chronic fatigue chronic unexplained pain syndrome and then eight months of what we have dubbed as autoimmune hellishness because it didn't even have a name doctors could never find what it was but I literally became allergic to the world and so it like examples would be if I had water that didn't come out of my own tap I would break out in blisters all inside my mouth and down my throat like it was I it was just and how how, how do you think that happened to you like in in all honesty like this that that it just sounds so unreal like something you would read like be on a film or something and what you know you're an energetic spiritual person Mm. you know some would say who are sort of more you know um we'll forget which way around the right vein would be like well that maybe it was because you know you were stressed and it, your body you know th- there's a medical but for yeah. you, you you probably don't think on that side of things so what no, you I, well, well I do I do think on that side of things but I also think on more in the metaphysical so I actually think that the autoimmune thing because they didn't happen straight away it happened as I was starting to move into the healing journey I actually think that autoimmune was um, was really like a healing crisis in my body. So there's a there's a term in spiritual healing and things like that called a healing crisis. Healing crisis occurs when all of the toxicity rises to the surface and it has to come out. 
so people will experience healing crises like full body rashes or they'll get like flu symptoms even though they don't have flu because it's like the toxins are leaving the body and I think you know years and years and years of impacted stress had a toxic it was toxic inside my body and as my body started to realize right okay we don't have that stress anymore and at first the the body I feel is a bit like it doesn't it doesn't trust you it doesn't trust you so it's still primed for the stress still on that like well we'll just stay okay well we realize we're not on DEFCON 5 but we'll stay at DEFCON 4 we'll stay primed ready for action and of course as time goes on and you start to learn and I was meditating I was learning you know to you know working with my stress working in ways to really de-stress my body as the levels came down I think you know it was really about a year and a half into the healing journey that the autoimmune thing kicked in and I think at that point my body was at a point where it could just let go of the the toxicity Mm. but it had to go somewhere yeah um and it just made my entire system so sensitive and um and I think you know that was really um it's a bit like if you've ever been on a spinning top and you spun and spun and spun and then you come off and you still feel a bit dizzy Mm -hmm. and you have to find a new equilibrium again and -hmm. I think that's what my body was doing it was really finding a new equilibrium and what really cured it was I went on a 44 day juice cleanse of handmade vegetable juices for 44 days and I had no solid food during that time and it, um, it was called a reboot and I literally rebooted my system Mm. and during that time was also the time I cured myself of chronic fatigue as well at the same time incredible and and just taking you back a step I know you've talked about you know no one want to go through that again but you know in life no regrets you wouldn't be where you are today doing what you're doing Mm. without what's happened but if you could have made it a bit easier on yourself certainly from a financial wealth perspective because obviously that's what sort of my sort of conversations Mm. all around um, what advice would you have given yourself a year or two years before you had that breakdown? What would you have done to give yourself more security going into that scenario would have made it a bit easier or simpler for you? Sorry, that door just went. All right. <laughs> um, so what would have made it easier for us? I think if we'd had savings, you know, like if we'd had some sort of cushion or, or anything like that. Uh, but we didn't really have anything like that. We were really living sort of hand to mouth. And we ended up very, very much in the benefit trap that people talk about. And mm. I didn't even really believe it existed until I was like neck deep in it mm. and realizing how difficult it was to actually break free of coming out of benefits and things like that, because it is it's hard. You know, it is a very hard cycle because it's a regular payment. And especially if you're self-employed, you're not going to regular payments. So it's, and if this is how you're feeding your family. Yeah. Again, then, a security blanket, making a change where you'll get rid of it. And then what will it look like? And we, I see it in terms of barriers with VAT as well in the UK. Yes. VAT. And I see, a lot, I don't want to earn any more than this. And now with corporation tax, with the budget yesterday, anyone earning over 50,000 or 250,000, the thresholds of corporation tax is increased. And these are all mindset things because at the end of the yeah. day, 
whether it's tax or benefits I and mean, it's a slightly different psychology with tax compared to benefits because you're getting guests given money whereas the other one is taking it away but in the essence of you have to be allowed to, to be free and allow yourself to have no limits um to be able to then move into that next shift and that next level well because if you're worrying about that five percent here or five percent there you'll never go to that next level which could produce you 30 percent more revenue than what you had mm. before exactly so it, but it's difficult so when it comes to your business now are you do so you're saving now you're doing different things now compared to what you oh, did before so different so different and also as well I mean like in my previous businesses I had a lot of money tied up in stock and things like that so mm. um all of my sales tend to be digital now and digital courses and uh, coaching so not the same outlay in in how the business is structured so completely like night and day um and everything's delivered online as well which is like again you know like I had premises costs that would be you know for one prem one set of premises and I had several premises you know premises costs could be 50 60,000 a year before you were even made a penny whereas like being online is so many many I mean like I never get anybody that complains how much these course platforms cost and stuff like that because I'm like try having a shop <laughs> yeah. uh, you know you, yeah. you don't know how lucky you are actually you know I still pay it it's fine <laughs> exactly I was like try having a shop I mean like honestly it is you know so it's for me it's such a privilege to be online because I, I know what the other side looks like and so for me I think wow it's amazing that you can run a business at the cost that I can run it at you know I think that's wonderful so we we treat things very very differently so um I built my business from zero. I had no money to invest when I first started. So I actually used every free online tool there was six years ago. Um, in 2017, I retired my husband. And in the same year, I retired my daughter. Started in 2015. Um, and I brought my husband into the business. And I brought my daughter into the business. And then now we are a team of five including me that run joannahunter.com and um last year the end of last year 2020 beginning of 2021 my business went kind of viral um and over the course of a few days thousands of people joined one of my programs called my million dollar experiment so uh, which is not open at the moment it's not open to the public anymore but we um we we did a really kind of bonkers thing where we offered a year-long container for just 25 dollars to ask a metaphysical question which is can mindset along with a million dollar plan and intuition training make you a millionaire in just one year and so this is what we are attempting to answer at the moment, which is really fun. So we're having a lot of fun inside that community and it's really good. And um, how, much, how many of those people that are in there do you think will statistically achieve that? I have no idea. I, I literally have no idea. It depends on, I think it really depends on how open are they to their mind because I really truly believe that the shift of money and things like that can happen in an instant. Um. You know, we can see that it can happen in an instant because we all dream about it. Winning the lottery, isn't it? That's a clear thing of where a, a shift like that can happen in an instant. I really believe that our world is a reflection of our mindset. And 
you know, in order to be able to bring in bigger amounts of money, you have to be open and available for that in your mindset. And that also means that you have to look very much at your money judgments, like what judgments you have around money. So, for instance, the classic one or the classic example that I use is rich people are greedy. It's a belief, right? Well, if you also hold a second judgment that greedy people are bad, your higher consciousness is going to do everything in its power to make sure that you don't become a greedy person and thus wealthy. So you're going to sabotage anytime that you're in alignment for wealth coming in, you're going to sabotage so that you don't become one of those greedy, wealthy people. Yet you want the money, you're working hard for the money, you're trying to do all the things for the money. But because you hold the judgment, greedy people, wealthy people are greedy. Hmm. you'll never become one of those people i get it i'm I'm like that i believe in my head people who are um ostentatious is the wrong word um but um what's the right word um i'm trying to think of it now um it's it's almost like people that are just not greedy but um just quite obtuse with money in the sense right yeah oh look at my rolex look at my fancy car yeah 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 house of a drive and it's all about ostentatious it's like it's quite i find it quite obtruse i find i may i'm I'm quite a down-to-earth girl that goes down the horses and you know i have a woolly hat on most of the time down down the yard it's what people judge as nouveau riche isn't it they you know they say oh they're nouveau riche and like somehow their money isn't as good as old money but you know and but they do tend to have a lot of the more materialistic Mm. aspects of that like the fancy watch the fancy car the fancy house and all the things and it's about i think for some people like that it's about um other people perceiving them yeah. as well self-perception yeah of how yeah are. it's about your perception and I think that for some people can be off-putting obviously and and things like that but it's all about our judgments hmm. and, and the more that we judge you should never judge other people because it just it's a slippery slope as soon as you start there but I know that's in my head and I know another lady um you 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 know her she's in Denise Duffel Thomas's um boot camp group is Helen Pritchard yes yes a little while ago on a on a live and I I she was like I've uh, just because I've got a Rolex watch and I've got a nice car um doesn't mean I can't be a nice person as well and it's like or I can't be you know have those nice things and be an amazing person like you can be both and it was Mm. such a like a little light bulb moment in my head that I realized that I didn't think like that um because I, I know that I'm judging that person because I would never personally spend 10 grand on a Rolex I should and that that's not I'm not I, I don't feel anything towards somebody that it does but when I see that materialistic obtuse sort of quiet it it it, it just it just doesn't make me feel very comfortable and I, and I think we just have to be honest with those inner thoughts and try and you know I, I work on yeah that. exactly we have to work on those inner thoughts and I mean for me what helps me to view the world is to view everything as energy Mm. you know and so to that person they looked at the Rolex that's 10 grand and they thought there was value in that to own that yeah I'd be quite happy with a watch for River Island because it's just not my thing it's not my bag but there's other things that are my jam you know like my my husband bought me for my Christmas a, a very very rare tarot deck which was probably very expensive there's other people that would be like you paid what 
for a you know like basically paper card and ink you know that is literally yeah, what right. I was made out like a bit of paper you paid what for that you know but to me that there was value in that for me totally and, and I um, think I totally see where you're coming from because equally I've got a horse and I loan a horse for my daughter and we both right. ride and the amount of money I spend on horses on tax and there, on there's value food. in that for you right oh. It's my it's a big part of my life. And if you um, think about people who keep horses that have like beautiful Arabians and you know, we're talking hundreds, if not millions of pounds worth of horse yeah. stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um and I think you know it's really at the end of the day, if we can just view it as energy and what is the energy value to you and understanding that everybody sees energy as different. So, like I'm not really a car person. It's not my jam again, where I value things like I value travel. That's huge for me. You know, so like I'm quite happy to spend on travel because it's something that I really, really enjoy. But like when I go out and want, you know, I I like a nice car. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't want to, you know, we drive in a heap. But at the same time, it's, you know, the it's do I need the latest all singing, all dancing gadgety thing? Mm. No. No, exactly. Because it is not really, really my jam. Mm. Um, you know, do I look to have a, like a Lotus or a Lexus in my drive? No, like I, yeah, I can live my entire life without one of them and be very fulfilled and very happy. Um, but the idea that I could maybe do first class travel and see the value in it, whereas there's other people who will never buy it even if they had the money they would not buy a first class ticket because they're like yourself that's being clear on what is important to other people and what what makes you happy it's really asking the question and I do this with spending values in some of my programs where it's a case of looking at do you need it or do you want it is it something that's externally going to make you happy is it keeping up with the Joneses which I've got a podcast Mm, coming up just talking about that shortly it's another one coming up um, because of that external materialism that we, we and, and as an economy, it, it was women, we have such a power um, to buy intelligently to make a difference to the world. And I think that, you know, that's a subject in itself. So let me end with our, 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 my last question for you, which is part of the wealth series is what does financial future look like for you? So where do you see yourself in 10 or 15 years? Where are you heading, Joanna? Oh, that's, uh, I have no idea what my life is going to look like in 10 or 15 years um, because my life has changed so radically in the last six years. So we are now in our seven figure year. This year, we will most likely hit seven figures in this business, which started from scratch six years ago. So I can't imagine where we're going to be in like 10 or 15 years I know in the next five years we're going to be in multiple uh, seven figures and that we will be bringing our spiritual message to a much larger audience as we're doing now I mean our audience has increased massively and especially with the million dollar experiment over 4,000 people joined it and so it's just going to, I think, just our company and our mission and our ethos is just going to go from strength to strength um, with a message of personal empowerment and uh, and living a more soul aligned, soul led life, which is, you know, a big ethos of our company. Um, and I can see that probably in the in the next few years will definitely I mean, once COVID 
lists for me um I would love to get out and start doing some more live events and things like that as well um because it's something that I really really enjoy I'm actually one of the weird people that enjoys public speaking so um I I actually love to get up on a stage and 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 really jam with people in the room and really bring a personal experience to people Um, so they can really feel the energy themselves and they can really have a powerful experience, a powerful shift in, in a container that's like a public you know, room like that. I think there, there can be immense shifts in energy and consciousness. So that's what I see is I know that there's going to probably be a pile more books being written. Um, I've just launched my million dollar experiment book just came out a few days ago um I've got a few more books in me definitely so I I can not see me not doing the work that I do now like I can see myself completely just expanding upon what I'm doing now because I'm so fulfilled by the work that I do now and I'm so fulfilled yeah just seeing the change in people's lives you know um one of the things is that so many people do exactly did exactly the way that I did it you know we thought we were told you know by school and society that get a good job like do well at school get a good job go out there earn a pile of money and then you are going to have the recipe for satisfaction in life and it misses the entire spiritual component of what is spiritual wealth and being fulfilled in your life and feeling like your life has meaning and feeling like you a deep sense of belonging to this world to this planet to the people around you and things and you know this is what's so amazing um about the way that I work is that I help people to really re-tap into that deep spiritual fulfillment while also teaching them how to bring that financial fulfillment as well as well and one last question for you, and then I'll let you go. I, I talk a lot about some amazing business owners that are fantastic at what they do. They're very passionate. They're very, you know, heart-led, passion-led business owners. And, they, you know, they talk in the way that you describe, that, you know, they, they really enjoy what they're doing and the impact they mm. have. Um, and this, But the self-care when it comes to the finances um, in their business, for whether it's reinvesting or saving or their personal finance is the same, they 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 don't really they take their eye off that if I'm honest Mm. Um, and you know they they've got fantastic businesses it might be five figures you know we're talking like 250,000 half a million what you know some are 1.5 million you know big businesses and but they're it's new to them that this is this is a new experience Mm. they've not been in this financial position their parents didn't have it they didn't have it their peers don't have it you know they're they're probably five percent of the UK they're very small minority of people Mm. And there's a disconnect then with with what I do as a financial advisor um, and some accountants, what accountants do, because mm. it's a whole new thing that they've never looked at before. Um, where where do you what, where do you see that those kind of people, especially if you're speaking for you, you're speaking to a lot of spiritual people. That's even you know, and, and the same with very creative people, whether yeah. you're digital or you're you know, not the same, not creative can be you know website designers for example or graphic designers you're just not in that place to be looking at your finances in that much detail it's it's not it doesn't interest you but it it doesn't really interest you you know it's sort of like there's a there's an equal disconnect the other way around in some Mm. respects what message would you give to people like that when it comes to creating your wealth and being in alignment in both areas 
Well, I think it's, it's, you know, your wealth is incomplete if it doesn't contain both sides of the coin, you know, like you can't have half a coin, basically. Mm. So you need to contain both sides of the coin. And I think also as well, I mean, what I love about, I think what I love and then the best, one of the best pieces of advice that I've had about money um, was actually, a, uh, it was actually a, a thing that I saw years ago that Warren Buffett had said, and he said that there's three stages of money. And the first stage of money is learning how to make it. The second stage of money is learning how to keep it. And the third stage of money is learning how to make it work for you mm-hmm. and what most people do is they try and do all three at once mm-hmm. and I think that money is a is also part of like human mastery yeah we've chosen this time we want to get really spiritual and really woo. we've chosen this time to incarnate on the planet a time where we have this monetary structure in place It's part of the experience of being a human being. Mm -hmm. And so therefore it's part of the mastery, the path of mastery for ourselves. And so the way that I see it is I was always very good at making money. That was something that just came naturally and was really good. I could, you know, people have always said, oh, you've been able to sell sand to the Arabs. And I probably could have had a good go, you know, Um, but I wasn't always great at keeping the money, money in, money out all the time. Right. And so I realized that when I heard that, I realized I need to stop trying to master all three things at once. Right. so I realized I'd already become a master of making money. I was really good. I have millions of ideas and things that I can turn into money. No problem. That piece I had nailed. The next piece I realized in or in growing this business was that I needed to master keeping money. Mm. And that wasn't hoarding money because there's some people who think that growing wealth requires just to keep your money and hoard it. But money wants to flow. Money likes to flow. And so therefore, it's about growing your money while flowing the money. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a balancing act sometimes. Right. And it requires, in my personal opinion, deep trust of money that you need to trust that you can spend and more will flow in. Mm. And so, um, and that way, but that way there's always like, there's always a pot of money in your business, in your life. Right. And so I began to master that. And now I'm really at the stage of where there is enough money in my business, in my life, where I can really start to think about mastering the third stage, which is getting that money to start working for me. So I'm not working. So that's where we look at things like that's where you really really come into your own where like we can look at investments and we can look at things like ISAs and we can look at lots of I mean I don't know very much about that thing because I'm only right at the beginning of learning the mastery of that but I think at this point because I can make it I can keep it it flowing now it's time to get it to do its own thing and where I see people go wrong with this, especially as on- more entrepreneurial spirits, is they look for magic wins. And I'm just going to I'm going to say cryptocurrency yes, yes. and leave it there. And I call it like magic stick. You know, I've got this magic stick. Come up to my event and you'll have this magic ex- exp- you know, thing happen. And if you buy this stick, all your answers will be, you know, you'll be a millionaire and financial freedom. You can imagine I've, I've just 10 years in. I've heard it all before. And, um, and I, 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 you, I totally agree. You have to learn 
to make the money in the sense of how it's aligned to you, not just a hustle, you know, it's something that yeah, actually is exactly. aligned to where yeah. you are. So it's sustainable and consistent. Yeah. And then you have to learn how it's manage phase. It's, you know, I talk about it, make, manage and multiply. It's exactly the same. It's Warren Buffett. Uh, absolutely. Manage Perfect. it. And That's exactly pad- what it is. Exactly. And so as soon as you're saying it, I was smiling because I'm like, I, totally, I love the fact that you've just repeated something I, I already say and that is around managing it I do believe in believing more will come in but mm-hmm. I also believe in having principles or habits in place so that when it does come in it's it's like if you like filtered in a way that means that you've got all your, yes. your alignment all gray and you don't have to keep thinking about it it's just done yeah. for you because you've got the systems in place and then there's a multiply and, you know, multiply can mean saving you huge amounts of corporation tax whilst it growing. Um, and it means that in 10 yes. years time, you have more choice to actually not have to run events or not have to do you know, lives or, you know, not have to run more programs. And you exactly. choose to write another book if you want to write another book. How because much more, the time in the space? Yeah. And yes. how, mu- how much more alignment could you get into? And that. That's where I, I, I think is a pinnacle point, but you're totally right. It is about those different phases and making sure there is a point with when you're making money. I do believe that if you can do a little bit of manage at the same time and if you could put a little bit aside to invest and not wait, you know, five or 10 years until you are. At yeah, point, yeah. Because there is like this compound interest effect that means that, you know, if you, for example, yourself, if you'd been putting, I don't know, two grand away every year for the last 10 years and that had grown of course yes there is that but I do agree that if you try and run before you walk and do too much too quickly then it can just become a little bit overwhelming and you end up doing nothing yeah I think that's when the procrastination kicks in and I also think that you kind of start to get into trouble you know like because it there it is the middle piece the manage piece because money is not being managed properly Mm. so what you end up doing is you end up robbing your investments to keep because you haven't quite nailed the making of the money yet so when you've got that down you start robbing from different places and and then the money is not properly managed so the middle pillar is completely collapsing the the end pillar gets robbed every now and again and the first pillar is going up and down up and down up and down I think if we can manage them in the structure the other thing as well that really changed my money mindset and in fact I wrote all of these things in my book um my million dollar experiment which talks about the money mindset and it was a huge shift for me and it was a woman called Anne that said it and she said you know you don't um save your way to wealth you spend your way to wealth and it was such a pivotal mindset shift for me because um up until that point I really really you know was um I really thought, I don't know how I'm ever, you know, at that point in my time when I heard that, I was like, I don't really know how I'm going to be wealthy. Um, So the first thing that delighted me no end about that was I was really good at spending. So I was like, I've got this. I've got this. You know? I, I hear Denise Dustville Thomas talk about this. Mm. And I, I, from an energetic perspective, I agree. Because if you don't ever treat yourself and you just hoard it, energetically, mm. you're telling the universe that, that's all you deserve and so that's all you get the more you ask for the more that come into you right the higher your yeah. um, in terms of your mindset and your stretching you, mm. I, I totally get all of that 
but my very I'm an independent financial advisor mm. regulated by the financial conduct authority my very logical brain just wants to argue a little bit with that and this is where I go yeah but if you save spent less and you save more and you invested it then actually that would create more wealth for you so I'm now in this place yeah. where my left so, brain and my right brain start arguing with each other about it. Yeah. So the way that I see this was, is that you spend your money on things that are going to grow your money. Exactly. Right. So, for instance, if you have got really, really, really rubbishy money mindset, mm. it would actually be a great investment to invest with someone who can help you with shift that. that. Yeah, because that's going to pay dividends for years to come. Mm. The fact that you're shedding the mindset that's attracting in the, you know, the not so great. It's, it's, a, it's another form of investing, not like the traditional prices, stocks and shares investing. Yeah. I mean, people talk about this a lot in business, reinvesting back in your business. And I've got a real argument that often they're just got spent. That's just a bad spending habit. Mm-hmm. And they're only just buying another website or another program. Mm-hmm. And they're not really looking at the, is that really an investment? Is it something I really need? Again, it's that need and want conversation yeah, that yeah. in business, but I totally agree. I've spent money on masterminds and programs and courses that's exactly. enabled me 10 years later to be now be charging what I'm charging yeah so, you know it's, it's a super interesting cut subject and Joanna, I think yeah, we that, could that question changed my hours. spending habits yeah um it changed my spending habits because I stopped asking I started asking the question which was would this make me money mm. if I did this would this make me money yeah and it's really incredible like how it shifts what you spend your money on totally and it was it was really like it was definitely one of the keys and then also understanding like separating the three stages so that there was more clear cut you know like I didn't put the pressure to do all three things you know once that I could do them in stages and grow and evolve but the the question of approaching everything that I approach with would you know if I if I buy this course if I do this thing will this make me money Mm. changed how I approach things and I think that really I think that's really interesting to somebody who is so spiritual and you know as you as you are you're make you're you're not saying I want to do this for my personal growth and for my own personal development Mm. and because I want to and it'd be really nice to do and I've I don't know just come out of an awful job and I, I deserve to be able to you know do what I want now I've just had my children and I've never done, you know, something like this before. I want to do this. You're purely, you know, you are saying, yeah, all of that. But is it going to make you money? <laughs> which I, which I like, which I like. And I, I think like with most things, I think there's a balance. It's, it's fine to do that personal growth or because you'd like to do it. And it's a new skill you think you'd might, you know, you'd enjoy. Um, and But there does come a point, And this is where I got to this point. Where it's like, hang on a minute you got to get serious now I just had another baby mm. and it's like I don't have time to mess about anymore I, you know it's now time to really knuckle down and seriously ask those questions um so yes yeah. learn a new skill but will that make you more money <laughs> I think you know that at the end of the day you know it's yes there's part of soul fulfillment but the other part is you've got to remember in this world that we live in money equals freedom and having the resource of money allows me to help more people you know one of the things like my latest masterclass that I've just I've literally just finished delivering my latest masterclass had over 700 people signing up for that and you know and that allows me to show up 
Yeah. And, um, you know, and do these free and I do these free masterclasses that tend to have quite large audiences can. Mm. But that is because I have such incredible, amazing paid for clients that come in and pay for my services that then allow me every I mean, I've made a commitment that every month without fail, I show up and do something incredible for free. Mm. And it is as good as my paid for stuff, because that's the commitment that I make. Now, the freedom to do that comes from the fact that my bandwidth is not sitting on the edge of a knife going how am I going to pay my bills and how are my children going to eat I I have complete financial freedom which allows the bandwidth for me to show up and be in full service and be the truth version of myself because there's no part of me that is sat in lack freaking out of how am I going to live but that's where a lot of women, we going back to the conversation we had like probably like an hour ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'd probably have to do a bit of editing on this, but I've loved this conversation today. It's absolutely yeah. been incredible. Where we talked about charging what you're worth and it took you time to get there. And what I see a lot of people doing yeah. is doing too much for free at the beginning because they want to help people mm-hmm. because they're passionate. And the message is, is actually once you become more financially enabled, you're in a situation where you can actually give back more. You can give back more in the way you've described and also give to charity. Mm-hmm. You can think about more of Absolutely. your legacy and, and actually operate your business from a place of providing a service and coming from true, true serving um, because, and it, therefore more aligned. Joanna, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I knew it was going to be super interesting. And anybody that's interested in anything Joanna's got to say, you can go and check out her books and her programs and her masterclasses all on her website, joannahunter.com. Joanna, I'd love to have you back um, in the future if you're, if you're oh, able and willing. And um, thank you for your time today. Any last message you'd like to leave the listeners or those on YouTube watching? oh it's like it's like a mastermind where the light's shining in my eyes now I'm like oh my goodness what what epicness can I drop it then yeah sorry spotlight you know at the end of the day I think you know money is a really I mean I love the subject of money because I really honestly believe that there is no better spiritual teacher on the planet at the moment than money and it teaches us so much about ourselves but I think one of the key things that I would love to leave people with is money doesn't define you, you define you. And then you can start to have a bit of fun with money once you know who you are. I'm going to leave it there. Perfect. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. If you'd like to take the steps to accelerate your wealth further, perhaps owning it more or maximizing it to its full potential, please do head over to our free Facebook group, The Money Mastery Collective, where we post regular updates on tips to maximize your wealth and also support you along the way. We'd love to see you there.